0: Hi everyone. Welcome to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, Senior Director of Valuation Services at CFGI, where I help my clients value their most valuable assets, their businesses and their intellectual property. If you'd like to connect with me, please reach out. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This is the show where we dig deeper to understand what really matters most in business. And if you are in the deal space, whether you are an acquiring company, whether you're in private equity, anybody who's involved in the transaction ecosystem, you're going to want to stay tuned for this episode. We're going to be talking about M&A due diligence with my guest, Dale Yeager, who's the CEO of Serif. Dale, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Thank you for having me. It's a distinct pleasure. I know we're going to have some fun here today. So before we dive in, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about your background and a little bit about Serif.
1: Well, I'm a federally trained forensic profiler um, through the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center and also through NATO. And um, I have a degree in forensic science
0: and I've been doing this work for 25 years. Okay, you're very understated for your impressive (laughs) background, but we'll we'll take that for what it is right now. So in my world, as you know, M&A deal transactions, A lot of it's focused on the numbers, Yes. but you and your team take due diligence to a whole new level. Correct. Let's talk about that. What does that mean in your world? What is due diligence?
1: After Bernie Madoff happened, let me explain it this way, Bernie Madoff happened and we were sitting around as a team and one of the things we said was none of our clients have lost any money in, in deals, so we did some investigating on Google, just Google. And, if you, and, and I wrote an op-ed piece about this, and I said, if you, you go back five years on Google, you would have found all the, the dirt on Bernie, and you would have never invested $1. And this prompted me to write this op-ed piece, which, which was called, Due Diligence Mess, and how people let people down who were CPAs, attorneys, um, they weren't doing their due diligence. And due diligence has to be done as a criminal investigation. And what I mean by that is if you're just doing due diligence by going to LexisNexis or some other nonsense and, and doing data and not digging deeper into the person's life, you are not understanding whether this deal should happen, whether you should be investing in this company. You, you don't have a, a proper and complete perspective. So our attitude is we sit down and you give me three names of principles of a company that you want to invest in and our first statement to, to my team is, they've committed crimes, let's prove it. Now, if we can't prove it, you're clear and good to go. But if we do prove it, and about 70% of the time we do find them, sometimes minor, sometimes major, now we can advise the client and say, this is a bad deal or you need to change, you need to let them know what we found so that you can get a better deal.
0: Wait, you just said 70% of the people that you've investigated actually are involved in some sort of illegal or improper activity? In
1: 20 years, yes, about 70%. We keep track of this on a quarterly basis,
0: track our success rate. And I imagine that ranges different orders of magnitude?
1: Well, I mean, some of it is misdemeanor things. Some of it is issues of concern, we call it. Some of it's felonies. I mean, in some cases, we've had to report report that to the feds or the state attorney's
0: office but we find it I don't want you to reveal your secret sauces but to the extent that you can how do you go about doing these kinds of investigations? Well first of all I
1: get the A-team from the military intelligence community uh... they're fantastic and I also get federal agents who retire that specifically have training in forensic accounting financial investigation and they're very successful at it Because most federal agents do not have that experience or that training. So I put them all together in this weird cabal, this weird team, and they all have different skill sets. And then we created our own system called Kryptos. Kryptos is Greek for secrets. And we use a system that deep dives into data legally. Uh, No crossing the line, no gray area. And we can dig up. If it's out there, we're going to find it and then put it together in a cohesive, simple, understandable report and then brief the, the client on a plan of action. So we actually design a plan of action after that. Here's what, if you choose to go this direction with this information, here's what who you should be contacting. If you wanna go this direction, here's what
0: we advise you to do. So that kind of thing. Interesting, so in, in your world, are private equity investors using your type of investigation no. often enough? No. They're either using some local PI, which does, you know, listen,
1: I don't begrudge someone making a living, but your local PI does not have that skill set, does not have that training, and certainly not that success. Or they're going to the national firms, which certainly do have that skill set, but they're going to charge you uh, an extraordinary amount of money. And so, you know, the, the problem we have is people getting to know that uh, we exist and that we've existed for 20 years and come to us, we'll get it done quick. Normally it takes us 12 to 15 days and we're done. Uh, most people will take 30, 40 days, it's ridiculous. If you're good at what you do and you know how to run a company, you certainly know how to run an investigation and do it efficiently and effectively and quickly.
0: Yeah. So that saves money. So. Most groups are not doing this kind of due diligence, and you've been uh, involved in a lot of messy situations. Is there a story you might be able to relate to the the viewers and listeners out there as to where deal teams are going wrong in not looking this deep into their potential um, business partners? I've got a great story, and I don't know if I ever shared it with you. So this is a major
1: financial institution that hired us. So thanks to Bernie. We love Bernie, by the way, because now, after Bernie, all of these banks and financial institutions, their compliance officers are scared to death of the Fed. So they said, hey, I did my work. Please take it a little further. You know, what what can your team find out that I didn't know? So it was a famous financial institution, very conservative, very respectable. Um, and they were gonna do a $40 million deal with a construction company on a, um, construction of a a small government type building that was going to be state funded, federal funded, and then they were gonna put in some of the money too. So they said, check them out. So it took us a day, and we found out this construction company, which was run by a family, had a real estate office in Guadalajara, Mexico. Now I can assure you that no one is selling real estate in Guadalajara, Mexico, yada, yada, yada. We found out they were money laundering. So I said to the compliance officer, I need to meet with you and the president of this institution immediately. So I went and sat down, the president's freaking out. So I said, "Um, well, here's the deal. I said, first of all, um, here's the data, and he goes, I read it, I read it, I don't know what to do. I said, what you're concerned about is that this is gonna come back to hurt you because you have these relationships with state politicians and federal politicians he goes exactly i said I oh, i have a plan for that and we came up with a plan that allowed us to take care of reporting them it did not reflect on our client the client was kept clean from that uh... we were able to report it because it's it's crime you have to report yeah. it everything got resolved the bank kept its relationships everybody was happy and that's the key is can your local p i do that and on a national basis Those kind of companies that I compete against uh, with my team, they're going to charge you 100 grand for that, which is outrageous because they have high overhead. And it's going to take them forever to do the deal. So, um, You know, that's that's my favorite story. I love that. (laughs) Because the president was like, you saw him relieved. He goes, you already realized that. And I said, of course. I'm in Washington, D.C. more than I'm home. So we understand politics. There's more than numbers at stake on due diligence. So yeah.
0: it's important to know, to, to be holistic with a W in yep. your approach. So Dale, for people who are watching and listening and they want to learn more about you or how they can work with you, how do they find you? Uh, seraph.net, Seraph is S-E-R-A-P-H.net. So. Great. So we only have a few minutes left in this first segment, just in continuation of due diligence. We talk about in the transactional world, but as you're speaking, I'm thinking, as if you're looking to hire an executive team, mm uh... perhaps your services might be worthwhile we used to do the uh... due diligence studies for a
1: famous uh... national sports organization and 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 so one of the things that we found was they had we're going to hire a guy and they said we love this guy we did the back we did the investigation on found out that he was trying to get out of a foreign country because the foreign country was going to arrest him for bond trading illegally and things like that, which would have embarrassed this organization. You know, the key is, do your HR people and your management team actually understand how to do due diligence on executives or people that are gonna handle money, for example? Because if you're just doing a database search, uh, you're throwing dice against the wall. Yeah, It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and you said something before we went on the air here uh, that I, I took a quick note of. You said that personal ethics is equivalent to business ethics. And that kind of summarizes the whole underpinning philosophy of what you do and why you do it. Anything you want to expound on with regard to that particular question? We look
1: at people's, we investigate their personal lives and people are offended by that. Be offended. Your personal ethics tell me a lot about your business ethics. You can see this in Bernie Madoff, you can see this in a lot of of people. Um, What you do in your personal life tells me how you ran your company. And I was a student of Peter Drucker's, Dr. Peter Drucker, for 15 years. And he used to drive home to us. He said, leadership versus management. Show leadership. And leaders are ethical people.
0: And when they're not ethical people, everybody suffers. So, yeah, true. You've mentioned Bernie a few times. And you mentioned that you love Bernie. And there are stories of people who are pretty visible, celebrities and otherwise, who frankly should have known better. And dipping into your psychology background, how'd they get hoodwinked?
1: Well, the Bernie Madoff situation, which is very sad, we say I say we like Bernie because he gives, brings us a lot of business. No, I get because that, I that. think but, our
0: listeners do too.
1: But but the issue is is that they got caught up in the fact that he was marketing his services through synagogues. He had to be, you know, a special place reserved in hell for doing that. And what people got caught up in was kind of this um, this kind of cabal of well, this is who you if you're Jewish in New York or Long Island, this is who you invest with. But the problem was that their lawyers and their CPAs, and that's what I said in my op-ed piece, the due diligence mess, they were not the gatekeepers they were supposed to do. And I got a lot of uh, pushback on the article because uh, people were like, well, these are Jews in New York, who cares? I said, these are old people that now are living in 400 square foot places and they're they're living destitute. I said, where's your compassion? Yeah. You know, there was a lot of racism that was never talked about with the Bernie story. Mm-hmm. But you know the bottom line is is that people can get caught up in that crowd, in that group yeah. mentality. Well, don't do that, you know? That's
0: yeah. uh, why I don't carry an iPhone,
1: <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> Fine, we'll talk about that at the break, but we have to take a quick commercial break right now and pay a few bills. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back on Behind the Numbers with Dale Yeager.
1: Because it's our uncommon drive, our spark within, that
0: brings us together and sets us apart. We are temple made. And when others take shortcuts, when others take breaks,
1: when others take the easy way, we take charge. Add us on social media. Watch bloopers, behind the scenes footage, previews, and more.
0: 13 hours a day, six days a week. So when I'm off the clock, I gotta get stuff done. So when I need a snack, I need something healthy, tasty, and easy to eat. Like wonderful pistachios without the shells. They're protein powered, delicious, and great on the go. And that's perfect for me. Thanks Liz. A woman without a lot of time.
1: Whether you're a gourmet cook or just want to eat like one, visit Rostelli Market Fresh, your home for the freshest locally sourced ingredients to please everyone who loves great food. Our organic meats, quality seafood, and free-range poultry are cut fresh to order. Chefs create culinary-inspired prep foods made fresh every day, which pair nicely with our vast selection of fine wines and spirits. Choose from handmade pastas, artisan cheeses, organic produce, and grocery items, all from the finest purveyors. Rostelli Market Fresh, from our family to yours.
0: RVN TV is a platform for people of any industry to share their story. Over 285,000 viewers are tuning in to RVN TV. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder. And today we're talking about due diligence with my guest, Dale Yeager, who's the Chief Executive Officer of Serif. Uh, So, Dale, I wanted to start the second segment here by Going over, we'll call it a, a definitional thing, if you will. Okay. Um, I think a lot of folks in the audience can relate to forensic accountants and forensic accounting. But there's a distinction to be made between forensic accounting and forensic investigation. I think it's beneficial if you maybe elaborate on that. Well, I think people have a misunderstanding of forensic as a
1: term because of CSI. And by the way, there's no such thing as a CSI. It was made up for the TV show. It's called criminal identification. But anyway, That's a fun fact. forensic is not just flesh and blood and all that icky stuff we call it, okay, um, at crime scenes. Forensic is the criminal investigation of a crime. So it can be psychological. It can be part of the interview process interrogation. It can be the icky science stuff. It can be many yeah. things. I think the problem is that people will go and get a forensic accountant uh, to investigate the numbers, which are always wrong, by the way, I've never seen the numbers be accurate. Um, but they won't dig into the people running it. I mean, human beings run these companies, and and I and I'm amazed because we get clients literally weekly, who have invested a hundred thousand, a half million, a million dollars into a company or more, and now they're getting uh, they they realize they're getting ripped off. Now we're backtracking and we have to investigate and then get these people uh, investigated by state and federal authorities and get them indicted and the whole thing, which we do. But for a fraction of that investment, we could have told them not to put their money there. And so you have to have somebody that thinks criminally, a criminal investigation, you say, well, that's overkill. No, there's no such thing as overkill. There's doing it correctly and doing it on an amateur basis. And the question is, do the people you have that you're using, do they actually have that capability and do they have the access to the documents that you need to really make a determination? And we see this, by the way, with companies where we help them do uh, transitions where they're gonna merge with another firm. Yeah. Who do you keep, who do you get rid of? We did that for the FDIC, by the way, when they downsized 20,000 uh, employees back in the 2000s and who do they keep, who do they get rid of because they had double of everybody and the thing was is that it was a process of training and a process of vetting and redesigning how people investigated within the company not necessarily you don't need us to come in and do it but we have to come in and teach you we do title nine forensic investigation for colleges Hmm. so that they don't get in trouble with the department of education I mean you're asking HR people and and people like that in in a college setting or university setting to do a criminal investigation, and and do it right, we have to be trained to do that. Yeah, you know. So, I think forensic just means, uh, well, literally
0: means just to understand uh, nefarious intent and nefarious behavior. Yeah, it sounds like it should be a part of the toolbox for any board of directors. Agreed. Yeah. So, you mentioned that you train CPAs and attorneys. We talked yes. about that what is it that you convey to them and, and what's their aha moments as you're sharing your wisdom I've been doing a lot of c l e uh... training for cpa's and attorneys
1: and we teach them various things i mean i just recently did one here in new jersey for uh... for the camden bar which was special education law which we we're also expert in because we have an education division but when we're talking about due diligence i i share with them all the tricks you know i don't hold anything back and i say here's how you can do this with no cost. Uh, and, and their aha moment is when they go, really, I can do that with what I already have? Yeah. And, and, and then the, the aha moment, too, is when they say, I never thought of communication analysis as something that I should have. Well, if someone sends you an email, sends you a letter, communicates something to you. You have to analyze the intent behind that. So that's called communication analysis. And you can gather a lot of information from the way people speak, the way they communicate, the way they write a sentence. You can tell this as a parent when your children are lying because when they're lying, they're going to structure their sentences a certain way than when they're telling the truth. You know, Judge Judy says, the truth is very simple. It has a simple answer, yes or no. And that's why she always says on her show, yes or no. Because if you have to explain your answer, mm, not good,
0: okay? (laughs) It's a good tell for all the parents out there. But you have to,
1: you know, I think the thing that drives all of us crazy at the company is when people have this uh, professional arrogance. Well, I've done this for 30 years. And I always say to them, but I know people have done their job for 30 years poorly. Time does not equal quality. Time does not equal skill just because you've done something, you could be doing it poorly for 30 years. Yeah. You have to humble yourself. I, I, I just took training in explosives. Um, I have to take training all the time. I have to update my training all the time. Well, you have to humble yourself. You have to, be a, you have, to have those teachable moments. You have to be the student. You can't always just be the teacher. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm 59 years old and I'm still taking classes. And you have to. You have to keep your data up to date and it's hard you know it's exhausting because yes. it was easier when I was
0: 20 <laughs> you my first guest that uh, has been trained in explosives <laughs> so. well you know i they scare me actually but you okay, know good. they should all of us <laughs> doesn't look like you've got anything on you today so let's move no, on we're good we're, we're going to take a hard right-hand turn on a topic that i know you wanted to talk about that i was not familiar with and probably I'm just dangerous at and scratch the surface, and that's guardianship fraud. You mentioned that it's a growing hot button issue. Why don't you share that and enlighten our listeners? So guardianship is when your elderly
1: or disabled relative, uh, basically all of their finances and all of their um, uh, legal rights are taken away from them by a local judge, a county judge or a local magistrate and put into the care of a guardian. Usually that's an attorney. And it truly is an epidemic. And we've always done these kind of cases because we do a lot of probate investigations. Uh, You know, cousin Willie has stolen all the money and we're trying to figure out where he put mama's money. But the thing is, is that the guardianship thing has exploded in the last year and a half for us. I mean, we do them all the time. And it's, it's just amazing to me the corruption. Well, I shouldn't be amazed by it. But local government corruption is much greater than federal or state. And that's hard for people to swallow because we like to comment on D.C. all the time. But D.C. is nothing compared to local government. And what's happening is this is a way of creating these ATMs, especially if you have a family trust. This is very common. If, they, if that elderly person has a family trust, man, they zoom in like, a, like an eagle on prey. And what we do is, and the government, the federal government, the state governments, mo- mostly the federal, are now taking it seriously because uh, uh, our group, along with some other national advocates, have finally gotten the attention of the, the feds. And they're taking it seriously. We always did this individually, where we had, uh, had the IRS investigate these guardians or the judges investigated by the state um, and we would get it resolved and get, get, help them wrestle control back of mom or dad's um, life. But now the feds are stepping in. Now you're seeing U.S. attorneys going after these people. Um, but here's the problem. It's so great you have to create an evidence package. Someone has to investigate all of this and they have to put an evidence package together and then you've got to send it to the right people, for example. I, I, our clients always say, well, I called the FBI. Well, the FBI doesn't cover financial crime. Hard to believe. Right. Uh, they don't cover wire or check fraud. That's been covered for years by the Secret Service Fraud Division. And people say, the Secret Service? Yeah, they have a fraud division. And we've worked with them successfully for 20 years. Um, you, have to go to, you have to know how to approach the IRS with this information. You have to know who to go to. In some cases, it's FDIC issues. But the problem is that they come to us frustrated, spending a lot of money on attorneys that don't know this subject matter, and I'm I'm very pro-attorney, but don't go outside your wheelhouse. Know where your skill set is. And then what we do is we do the investigation, put the package together, and then a plan of action, and walk through that plan of action, and get it to the right people, and work work its way through these agencies to get it investigated then it's resolved um, but it's it's really an epidemic and it's very frustrating to watch adult men and women crying because they they literally can't have physical access to their mother or their father or their brother or sister because the guardian refuses to give them they can't even go see them Wow. and we had one guy one attorney who was a guardian up in New York State, and he was hiding the mother, moving her around to different facilities. So the family called us and said, we just wanna see her. Um, By the way, she had a $12.5 million uh, account when he took over, and when we ran the numbers, it was down to $1,250. Wow. That was 90 days, by the way. (sighs) Well, he's now... Uh, about to march his way through some tall time in federal prison which is fun. Uh so uh
0: he was doing this to multiple elderly people in conjunction with a corrupt judge in a county. Mm, horrible. We only have a few minutes Dale. How can our viewers and listeners get in touch with you to learn more? Uh seraph.net or seraphproblemsolving.com. You mentioned
1: probate as another yes. area. Hidden assets? Uh yeah, people think they can hide assets and we have the legal capability of finding any person or company's um, uh, financial accounts, including retirement, anywhere in the continental United States. And the thing is, is that um, people hide stuff all the time with probate. They'll, they'll rip off the the, pa- the deceased person, usually a family member, fun times. Right. And you have to do that. What's interesting, you're going to love this. For some reason, several years ago, we became the go-to people for Indian people from India who are now citizens of the United States for Indian probate. So I actually have someone in Bangladesh that works for me Uh, because Indian probate can take three to four years. It's a long process. So yeah, we do international probate too, which is, uh,
0: it's a labor of love. In like probably the 90 seconds or so that we probably have left here, you've seen a lot. Why are people so brazenly arrogant and thinking they can get away with things? Oh, boy, we could talk about that for a long time. You know, initially, if you're a
1: parent, you know that you're born, children are born, all of us are born innately with selfishness. We, we want what we want when we want it. And some people learn how to be ethical and moral and have a moral code. And some people just don't care. Their attitude is, it's owed to me it's owed to me. They steal because they have convinced themselves that they're, they're do that, okay? And, um, you know, you're, if you have the attitude that people are basically good, I don't want you to be cynical, but I want you to be cautious and be a professional. People are not basically good. If you believe that, no one's ever cut you off on the expressway, flipped the bird at you, <laughs> screamed obscenities, cheated on you. I mean, human beings do horrible things every day, but we ignore them, especially people we love. And we do them ourselves too, maybe not to that extent, but um, people are good and some people are very bad. Uh, so you have to understand that you have to put those protections up. You have to. If you don't want
0: to be cynical, that's fine. We'll be cynical for you. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, unfortunately, we're out of time, Dale. Yeah, time does go fast here. It was a great conversation. Uh, Hopefully, you'll come back and and share some wisdom with us again. anytime. So you've been watching and listening to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we were talking about due diligence and forensic investigations with Dale Yeager, the CEO of Serif. Until next time, take care.